Hello, hello, hello. I am your Sean T, hostess with the most is Michael Munoz. And welcome to In Yo Mouth. In Yo Mouth. I'm the queen of food who's always in the mood to lick it right, lick it good, show you how to. Oh, God, that's good. I want to know what you eat from the streets to the sheets. So open wide, honey. I'm coming. In Yo Mouth. Goosebumps. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Hey there and welcome back, folks. Once again, I am your hostess with the most is Munoz and we're back, back back again. Oh my goodness. Um, If you're just tuning in, like you took a break and you're back, your girl Munoz had quite a ride over the past three weeks from dieting to E. coli to work to looking fabulous and skinny and tan. <laughs> and it's it's been it's been quite a ride, but we are back. We are well. We are healthy. We're feeling good. We are glowing. And I couldn't be happier. What else can I tell you? Oh my God! For those of you following me on the Instagrams, y'all, have you seen that? A uh, Pete and Jerry's egg. Shout out to Pete and Jerry's for uh, not only sponsoring your girl, but also sending me a paycheck because we love brands that support support the people. Um, but that uh, the last video I posted, there was mucho controversy. I mean, the haters rolled in and then the dialogue back and forth and then the fighting. And I was like, Lord, this is too much. I stayed out of it till about this morning. Because <laughs> little do these haters know that the more they do it, the more it pushes the content. So it's actually a good thing. So it never really stresses me out at all. Um, so I could really care less because I, I I think the internet is ridiculous, and I think I personify that through my into uh, through my Instagram. Other than that, um, still on this diet journey, still feeling good, still also eating all the things, and that's about it. I'm actually really excited because you know we've taken a little bit of a break, and now we're back, and I haven't had a guest in a minute, and. This beautiful person I have been chasing, and I finally caught him in my net. 
listen, some of it was my fault because I I fell off the Instagram thread too. Like, you know, people are busy, myself included. So I am so happy to have him here. So without further ado, I'm just going to stop talking and get to the getting on. Please help me welcome the one, the only Matt Ricotta. Say hello. Hey, Michael. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. Oh my goodness. I am so excited to have you here. But I will have to say I'm I'm a, a hair disappointed. And we're just gonna go straight there, Matt. Why is that? <laughs> Why are you disappointed? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness, because because you have clothes on. You uh-huh. listen, all of your content. It's, <laughs> this is your own doing, Matt. Matthew. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. Right? I did You'd, set the expectations, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. And today the expectation is really high, and I needed to be a little lower. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Thank you so much. Um, Like I said, I know that you and I have been chatting back and forth. I love all of your content. I'm so happy that um, you are here and that we finally made it work with our schedules. And I always say, you know, it's always, it just always happens at the right time. So I am so happy to have you here. Same, same here. I love that. Well, you know what? Before we get anywhere, I got to do what I got to do. And in the grand tradition of In Yo Mouth, I need to wish you Happy National Cherry Cobbler Day. Cherry Cobbler. Mm-hmm. Wow, that is a very specific day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can't, I can't remember the last time I had a cherry cobbler. Are, are, we're not even in cherry season yet, are we? Yeah, I think we're at like early. The, where I feel like we're like... They're just blossoming, right? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, I, I, I used to watch Arthur when I was a kid, and I have a distinct memory. There was, like, an episode where Arthur brought, like, a cherry cobbler to school or, like, traded a cherry cobbler in the cafeteria. And I remember thinking to myself, like, that, what is a cherry cobbler? And it, like, stuck with me. And this idea of, like, a cherry cobbler, I was, like, pretty excited by it. <laughs> I don't know why. That's that's what I think of when I think of cherry cobbler. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> I I I can't A tell you the last time I had a cobbler. And B, for some reason, that memory triggered. Do you know those little uh, um when we went to school, right? And I may be a little older than you are, I don't know. But we had those little pies that were were they drakes? They were square and they came in that yeah. like white wax paper and they were like the cherry pies and you would get two of them and they were like, you know, like a little tile. I don't think I ever got those. They were delicious. Well, uh, from what I remember as a kid, you know, they were, Uh it was a sugar bomb. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a delicious. I also don't find myself cooking with cherries very often because the process of having to pit them is, you know, exhausting just in thought to me. Yes. I agree. I don't cook with cherries that often either. Um, my grandpa's favorite pie, his birthday was over the summer, and he would always request a cherry pie for his birthday. So my Nana would make one for him with sour cherries, though not with sweet cherries. Um, and sometimes if we were lucky when we visited them over the summer, we'd go to the cherry orchards. Like if we got there right at the right time, like I think it was usually like late June. This is in upstate New York, and we would get to go to the cherry orchards and pick the cherries. Um, That's beautiful. Sour cherries and sweet cherries. Yeah, it's so fun. I love that. I've um, never been cherry picking. It's really fun. They're they're 
they're in trees, but they're not super Do you have high. to get up in the cherry picker? No, they're like apple trees. Like you can reach them from ground level. Um, oh. Yeah. Hmm. So. This is what happens when you grow up in Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> Gotta go up to Buffalo. The yeah, the only thing we're picking are up are slices of pizzas, bacon, egg, and cheeses, <laughs> and, you know, yeah. bagels. Bagels and locks, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <I mean>? yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully this will inspire you uh, to, you know, throw some cherry cobbler onto that ever so popular Instagram you know? of yours. And you know what? In your mouth, listeners, no matter what you celebrate, whether it's National Cherry Cobbler Day, uh, Cherry Pie Day, Cherry Picking Day... I, I don't know. We celebrate you. And moving right along into this day in gay history. Matt, did you know that in 2004, same-sex marriages became legal in Massachusetts? World does not end. Wow. Oh, my goodness. I did not know that was today. And I yeah. should because I grew up in Massachusetts. Yeah, in 2004. Um, Meanwhile, 20 years later, almost, it's we're rolling it back, honey. Or yeah. they're trying to. Oh man, no, 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 no. I do these things because it's important to know that our history, albeit long, you know, is still somehow tangible within the years. You know, 2004 mm -hmm. wasn't that long ago. Yeah. So we need to keep it alive and fresh in our minds. Yes, but absolutely. I want to get to celebrating you, Matt, besides celebrating gay marriage. And in your mouth, listeners, if you didn't know, but you probably already do. <laughs> <laughs> Matt was born in Boston, Massachusetts, and he grew up in a food-loving Irish-Italian family. He started baking at an early age and continued during his years studying environmental science in college and then working as a management consultant in New York. However, it wasn't until co the COVID-19 pandemic when Matt finally had enough time to pursue his passion for baking in earnest. In 2020, he started an Instagram account called Baking Days. That's days with a Z. At the same time, Matt was accepted to Stanford Graduate School of Business to pursue an MBA. And in the time before Stanford, he decided to fulfill a longtime goal of going to cooking school. In 2021, he received a patisserie and boulangerie diploma from Le Cordon Bleu Paris after which he decided he wanted to pursue baking as his full-time career path. Between his first and second years of business school, he interned on the pastry team at 11 Madison Park, a three-star Michelin restaurant in New York, as if we needed to know that. Uh, <laughs> la <laughs> and last fall, he launched his blog, Baking Days, dedicated to the original plant-based baking recipes and photography. In addition to developing and photographing recipes, he also launched an accompanying TikTok where he bakes with his shirt off. After graduating business school, Matt plans to continue his work blogging and on social media and to open 
a plant-based bakery and cafe of his own. Yes. Welcome, <laughs> sir. Welcome. You. you see, you see in your mouth, listeners, for those of you that know Matt, and if you don't know, please take a moment as you actively listen to this podcast and pull up the Instagram, <laughs> right? When you get, if you're in New York and you're on the subway, if you go, wait till you get over the bridge or to one of those stations that have reception, yep, yep. <laughs> pull up the Instagram at Baking Days with a Z. Look at the face, right? You can't miss the chest, right? And then look at all the delicious, delicious baked goods. <laughs> Thought that all was right? going a different direction. Uh, I mean, it doesn't... The, the Instagram speaks for itself. I You don't need any... You certainly <laughs> don't need my help. Um <laughs> Just go support it. It's it's well worth it's well worth the recipes and and the beautiful filmography is all I will say. All right. And so well, with you, that, Michael. thank you again for being here. <laughs> and I actually want to start at the very beginning. Yeah. All right. Because because um I just I love the journey and I obviously left a few things out of the bio you sent me on purpose because there's there's more of a story here. And I want to know, um, I always love starting at the place of love of cooking and or in your case, love of baking and where that comes from. Yeah, absolutely. Um I'm trying to remember like the first moment when I fell in love with baking, but it was somewhere in the range of like, maybe I was six or seven and um, we got like, we would go to the public library and they would have like in the children's section, they would have like cookbooks and like VHS tapes of cook, like children's cooking shows. And I just remember taking those home and watching them and like kind of, trying to bake from the cookbooks and like thinking it was really cool and really fun. I also had like many kids an easy bake oven, which I loved playing with. Um, I remember like making a few of those little like cakes and like bringing them to like family dinners, like at my cousin's house and like, <laughs> I mean like everyone tried my like tiny little cake. Um, but then at some point, uh, like maybe when I was eight or nine, uh, my dad started baking with me. He had this cookbook, called The Best Recipe from America's Test Kitchen, which I think is still in publication. And it would be like the best chocolate chip cookie, the best lemon bar, the best brownie. And they would like describe how they'd like tested it and like over and over and over again. And this was like the perfect recipe. And I thought that was like such a cool thing. And so every Saturday we would like pick a recipe from this cookbook and we would bake from it. And it was really fun. Uh, we, we messed up a, a lot. Uh, to be honest, like I this, still remember the brownie recipe. We like never got it for some reason. Like the brownies never cooked. We tried it like three times. Um, there was one time when I like made lemon bars and like, I think I forgot the lemon because like everyone was like, there's no lemon in these. And I've never lived this down the time I made the, like the lemon bars with no lemon in them. Um, but You're scarred for life. I'm yeah. I can't make lemon <laughs> bars anymore. It's, just, it's, it's too, too, too much. You know, you're just you're just hunched uh, like under <laughs> underneath the oven door. You know. <laughs> um, so it was just. I mean, that was kind of how it started. And so the baking days that I had with my dad became the inspiration for the name, for the baking account. Um, and I obviously did the play on words instead of like D A Y S. It's D A Z. Um, 
And, Which uh, would lead one to believe that it is a marijuana cookery. <laughs> I'd never gotten that before. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Really? I thought um, it's the first, it's one of the first things I thought of when I discovered you. I was like, oh, is this guy making, you know, edibles? Because yeah. that's, that's a really big, it's totally. the trend now. Totally. Right? Um, and then obviously you weren't doing that. Right. But that took me a, a, a minute to figure out yeah. for obvious reasons. But yeah, that could be it could be an interesting direction to go in at some point. Um, but uh, yeah, anyway. And then so, I mean, it was kind of like this little side passion that I had. I remember I tried to come up with my own cookie recipe once. Um, and I like I remember going to the computer and like basically typing up this like completely nonsense recipe like flat like three cups of flour and and five cups of milk and 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 you know five tablespoons of baking soda and like I wrote all of these like random ingredients down and then I brought it to my dad and I was like here I found this recipe online for calypso cookies um and he was like I think he probably knew that it wasn't a real recipe but he went along with it and was like okay let's make it. And so we like make it. And of course it's like bubbling and it's like this weird liquidy batter and it's clearly not a cookie dough. So I, then I go, it's actually, sorry, it's, it's Eclipso cake, not Calypso cookies. Um, and so he was like, okay, so we get a cake pan, pour the batter into the cake pan, we bake it. Like the kitchen smells horrible. And like, it's clearly this terrible thing. And then I eventually told him that I had made up the recipe, um, and nobody ate it. And it just kind of sat there. Um, so it was always just like this fun, fun thing for me. Um, and kind of as I got older, like I started to like, to like, you know, command and control like Thanksgiving menus and like Easter menus and Christmas menus. I would like read cooking magazines and pick recipes that I wanted to have for like our, you know, different holidays. And um, like my family would always be like, we want the turkey from last year. We want this normal stuffing. We want the normal potatoes. We want like, we, we know what we like and we just want to have this normal meal. And I would be like, no, no, we need like five spice powder on the turkey. And I want the sweet potatoes with the cream and the, all of this. And I would like try to like complicate everything. And, um, but, uh, but dessert was like always my thing to make whatever I wanted uh, and bread as well. I would do those two things and then I would kind of like delegate the rest. That's incredible. Um, I'm, you know, we we talk a lot about food memories here, yeah. and I don't necessarily know if I've ever, in the five plus years that I've been moving and grooving here, have actually, I've had to at some point maybe, um, really kind of labeled it these food memories and these fond food memories and how, you know... I'm forever talking also about like how food is like the the great equalizer, you know? And so, but like these food memories and how you just took us to this place, right? And it felt like I was there with you. Like I was growing up in the kitchen with dad with you. And the other, th uh, the other great thing that I loved about just this origin story is that we get a lot of grandparents or I get a lot of grandparents on the podcast, right? Mem memories of grandparents and grandma or memories of mom, right? But the fact that you're, it's this connective or this connector to you and your dad and how, how wonderful it is to have this father figure, right? Because we as LGBTQ people don't often have great father figures that help us, that help foster us from a young age and that are, that are yeah. as hands-on, you know? Yeah. 
<clears throat> and I've, I've, I think that's really, really beautiful and, and a testament. Shout out to all the dads doing the work out there, you know? Um, Absolutely. Because I certainly didn't have one. And um, it's just really, it's really special and it's really, it's really nice to hear. It's, um, it's almost like, it, it's, it's almost like my ears are like buzzing because it's just like, oh, this is, this is so pretty. And so it's, it's unique to this podcast, right? Because we hear so many stories. Yeah. So what makes you decide to, from, so you're going to business school and you're doing all these things, envi- environmental science, yeah. right? <laughs> Yeah. When does it when does it click that you're like okay time to go time to go to Le Cordon Bleu and not just any place but Le Cordon Bleu yeah um, that's a great question um, it it clicked sometime in like 2019 I, I I basically had wanted to go to cooking school since I graduated from high school I thought for a little while about taking a gap year and I think I'd even like applied to this to Le Cordon Bleu. Um, at, at that point, and I really wanted to go, but at the same, like I was coming out at the same time. This was like right as I was graduating from high school, and it felt really scary to like be going through this coming out process in like a foreign city all on my own, like in cooking school. Um, and so I, I decided actually for that reason that I wanted to just go to college and like have kind of this like coming out experience like within the structure of like an American college. Um, and so I did that and I kind of always regretted it. Like I sort of started down this path, right. Went to college and became a management consultant and was interested in different professions, architecture and, uh, like real estate development and kind of went down this path and cooking was like always this passion. It was always this thing on the side, like it never went away, but I didn't have a ton of time for it. And so after I'd applied and gotten into business school, I thought to myself, like, this is finally my chance to, like, take this break, like, quit my job a few months early and, like, go to cooking school. And um, that was, like, in February 2019 or 2020, right? So, like, a month before COVID, I'd, like, I made the whole plan. I quit my job and um, and I was supposed to do, like, a three-month program at, this, at Le Cordon Bleu in just bread baking. And, um, and then obviously the pandemic hit and I went to my mom's house uh, and I'd already quit my job. So I had nothing to do. The cooking program was canceled. Um, so I truly was like, what am I going to do with myself? And I just started baking basically like every day, like a lot of us did. And I just started this Instagram account and started to learn about food photography and, um, and all this kind of stuff. Uh, and, and then I, that was when I kind of realized like, oh, I really love this. Like, I this is what I want to do every day. And I decided, like, I needed to figure out how to make cooking school work, even though the original program had been canceled. So I ended up deferring business school by a year so that I could eventually go to Cordon Bleu. And then it turned into a full year in Paris as opposed to just the original three-month thing. So it ended up working out really well. And, um, and I kind of kept waiting to be, like, disenchanted. Like, I thought maybe this is a fun hobby, but cooking school is going to be really intense. And I'm, I'm going to think it's, you know, too much and I'm not actually going to want to do it. And the opposite happened. Like at, by the end of cooking school, I was like, no, no, this is so fun. I love this. And then happened again, kind of over the summer. Like when I worked at 11 Madison park, I thought to myself, maybe this is going to be too much and I'm not going to like it. And that'll be that. But again, like the opposite happened. I just had so much fun. Um, and so it's kind of just been this like 
like ratcheting up over time. Um, and yeah, uh, it's been really, it's been a really cool journey. You kind of segued for me in, in respect to coming out. Um, and you said something really interesting that I want to go back to about, um, having this American coming out experience in like an American university setting. And I've never thought, and I've never heard someone kind of explain coming out like that. Like, because when I was coming out, I was just like, Oh, I hope I'm not thrown out of this house. And I hope like this, like, I just, I never thought about tailoring my coming out experience as opposed to, if I had an opportunity like yours and I was coming out, I was like, I'm getting out of here. Peace. Right. And hopefully there's some hot Frenchmen on the other side, (laughs) (laughs) which I'm sure there were, but um, talk to me about your coming out experience. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing. I, um, I was really lucky um, in that my family was really supportive and I, um, I mean, I had known that I was gay probably since I was like 12 or 13, um, but I went to like an all boys school and didn't really feel comfortable coming out until I was like a senior in high school. And um, I I told a few friends and then eventually I told my mom um, like somewhere like in April or May or something like that as I was graduating from high school. And I remember like sitting her down in the kitchen and being like, mom, I'm, I told her I'm questioning my sexuality. <laughs> And she was, like, I think a little surprised, but, like, generally she was really supportive um, and, you know, was like, it's going to be okay. And I don't remember the exact words that she used, but, um, yeah, I was I was honestly really lucky. And then she kind of, like, told the rest of my family for me. <laughs> so wow. I didn't really need to, t- not exactly. I, I, um, I joke. She, um, she... It was just a, it was kind of just a thing that she and I shared um, for a little while. And then I eventually told my friends kind of from high school as I was kind of in college. And then I had a boyfriend my freshman year of college. And once I had once I was in that relationship, I told my dad and my brother. Um, And that was more in the context of like, I was like, this is my boyfriend. Um, So. And then, and then, and then after that, she kind of, my mom like told my extended family and sort of just happened like that. But yeah, um, I definitely feel, feel really lucky to have had their support. That's incredible. That's incredible. We don't qualify. uh, And this is the Royal we, as if I have like a whole team here. No, it's just me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We don't qualify coming out stories because everybody's journey is different. And I, who am I to say whose story is good and whose story is bad, but it's just our stories. And I always say we're, we never know who's listening and who we can affect by our stories out there in the ethos. Um, And I know you're listening because I can see the analytics. So (laughs) (laughs) thank you, Matt, for letting me hold your story, telling me your story and let me, letting me carry it on for you. I think, um, I think all of our stories are just so special in that way. And I think it's a really special kind of Thing that I get to do and, you know, keep and have it live on, you know, in, in the ethos here. Um, before we cut out to the break, you know, we are all often talk about um, toxic kitchen culture here, mm-hmm. right? Because it's, it's alive and well. 
And, you know, it's often hard enough just to be just to be behind the line. And you have been and I'm presenting this to you only because of the really extreme and wonderful places you have been able to experience. Mm -hmm. But um, it's hard just to be in these settings, right? In places like 11 Madison Park, maybe even um, Le Cordon Bleu, just because it's so high pressure and so perfectionist and it's so tailored and manicured. And then to be other in that space can be difficult at times too. Now, I'm not Mm -hmm. saying that um, 11 Madison Park was that place, but, you know, we often just talk about that sphere in general in places like these. And yeah. I'm kind of I'm kind of curious about what your experience has been just being like out in the kitchen and out in this world. Yeah. Um that's a great question. You know, I um I I I, I found to be honest, I found the experience in cooking school, you know, being out both in cooking school and at EMP to be to be, you know, really comfortable. Um, I, I never felt like I had to cover anything up or like keep, keep anything under wraps. Um, it, I mean, they were definitely both intent, you know, intense places. Um, so, you know, in that context, I guess sometimes like, you know, emotions can run, can run high, but I never felt like there, there was any kind of like, you know, uh, uphill battle, weird energy directed towards me because of my, my, uh, um, you know, how I identify. Um, but yeah, I, but you know what I'm talking about here, right? And I mean, it was just headlines that somebody major was, you know, doing something crazy behind the line. Um, I forget what her name is and like the, cooking world was like destroyed once again you know by this kitchen culture and I just I think it's another piece of our stories especially those of us or those of you I should say because I no longer work in restaurants um it's a uh, it's an important piece of of the you know full circle the the full story of working behind the line and what it's like and some and here we can qualify because some of us have I've worked in some really great kitchens or with some really great chefs. And mm-hmm. I've been in kitchens where I've had, you know, bowls thrown at me and plates put in the salamander so I can burn myself oh my when God. I pick them up and the whole thing, you know. And so yeah. it's it's important to have the dialogue and then foster change through that dialogue. And it's why I like kind of asking the questions, especially of those who have been in, you know, some of the best kitchens in the world. And so it's great to hear that, you know, that some of this culture, right, whatever chef you were under, uh, has been changing and it's fostering good things and it's it's fostering good experiences. Yeah. Such as yours. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Like, because, you know, um, they say that COVID was supposed to change things, and I, I don't necessarily believe that it's changed much, right? I feel like we've, we may have fallen back into some old ways here, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I honestly, I mean, I don't have a comparison point in terms of, you know, I hadn't been in a kitchen before COVID. Um, so it's, yeah, it's, it's hard to say from my perspective. Like, I have one data point, basically, which yeah. is the MP. 
and then cooking school. But yeah, um, but it's the one of one of, if not the best kitchen <laughs> or was in the world. So it's um it's great. It's just great to hear that, you know? It's yeah. great to hear it's great to hear that. And because we often hear crazy stories, right? And here I am right before the pod started. I was like, I'm not trying to be Barbara Walters. Tell me, tell me about your experience, Matthew. Give me, give me the dirt. (laughs) No, there's really no dirt. (laughs) There's really not. You know what? I'm sorry to be boring. You know what? Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. Thank you for not taking your shirt off. Yeah, Thank you for exactly. not giving me any any yeah, tea, Matt. Disappointing <laughs> on all fronts. <laughs> Thank you for not sending me any vegan baked goods. <laughs> what is happening? The, oh my god! Never say never. Out, really, really. Before we cut out to the break, I went on this date the other day, even though I didn't think it was a date. Uh-huh. And then he told me he googled me, and then called me a celebrity. And I was like, "Wait, what? I am none of, I am none of these things." He googled, googled you, called you a celebrity before the date or on the date? On the date, he googled me at some point before we uh-huh. went out. Yeah, and then like went down this rabbit hole of me being a celebrity. And that, but it was still a bad date, even though he did that, yeah, it was, it <laughs> or was, because he did that. Yeah, it was. It was. It was <laughs> I want to hear about would, the date. Would you? Would you? Would you? If you even if you googled somebody, would you tell them that? No, probably not on a first date. No, right. No. That definitely feels kind of weird. <laughs> I was. I would you save for, it for the second date at least. I was telling you this for some specific reason because we just said something. I, you know, I'm out of practice these Barbara three Walters. weeks. Uh, Barbara Walters. I don't know. Listen, I think now is a good time for Matt and I to take a break. Migo take some lion's mane and some Prevagen to get this brain working <laughs> again, and we're gonna be back with my favorite part and y'all's favorite part of the podcast. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. All right, Matt, I hope you're ready for my favorite part and the audience's favorite part of the podcast. A little something we like to call Food News Update. Food News. Food News. Honey, you ain't ready, girl. Spill the tea. News Update. Mac and cheese meets white chocolate with these Velveeta truffles. <laughs> oh, Velveeta truffles. <laughs> I need to hear more about this. Yes, you will. But first and foremost, um, in your mouth listeners, Matt does a lot of vegan baking, right? Are you vegan by uh, in all aspects of your life? I am as of September of last year. So it's pretty recent. Okay, so uh, we, we've had Velveeta before. I have had Velveeta before. Yeah. Okay, great. Now, I, we just needed, we were going to get there, but like after Food News Update, but yeah. you know, it's, I got to ask because then this whole thing, this whole Food News headline is just lost on you. Like, <laughs> right, I've never sure had, he knows what this is. I've never had Velveeta and the cows and the gas emissions and like we go down this <laughs> I, road. And- <laughs> I could never. <laughs> no, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. 
Oh my God. So this is a surprising collaboration with Compartes, or is it Comparts? Um, and Velveeta. Do you know the chocolate Compartes? I don't think so. They're very fancy. They're very, very, very fancy. Um, so Compartes is filling its latest truffle uh, with Velveeta. That's right. Thank you, food and wine. Uh, Velveeta has teamed up with the Los Angeles-based chocolatier to create the Truffel. See what they did there? Uh-huh. A shell-shaped confection that puts Velveeta cheese sauce where it's never been. The Truffel. Um, as described in the announcement, is Compartes sweet white chocolate paired with creamy, delicious Velveeta for a unique sel- sensation unlike any other. And it's shaped like the like a Velveeta shell, and it's that bright orange. Uh huh. Uh-huh. I mean, that I I'd be curious to try it. Honestly, it doesn't sound good. <laughs> just doesn't sound like it would taste good <laughs> well i am i am almost five and five and a quarter years five and a half years of food news updating here on in your mouth and we have covered the Velveeta martini wow and the Velveeta cheese scented nail polish oh my goodness. and then van lewin made like a mac and cheese ice cream oh interesting i didn't know that yeah there's there's a lot of there's a lot of fake cheese products out there yeah. that like take on different lives yeah, right? yeah, in different forms. So this is, this is not new. <laughs> I'm not surprised by this. Do I want this? No. No, I w- <laughs> I'm with you. I, I, yeah, I don't think the world needs this. But, you know, who knows? Maybe it's yeah. delicious. Yeah, maybe. The lovely people at Food & Wine, still not a sponsor five and a half years later, <laughs> um, but always keeping me in the know for my food news, said that it was... Um, Definitely more cheesy than it was white chocolatey, like huh. sweet creamy. Interesting. So I don't I don't necessarily know if they were about it. It looks stunning. It's a, it's a beautiful box, right? Wow. You get you get five of them for probably like a redu- oh, five of them for twenty five dollars, right? That five for twenty five dollars. Well, it is compartes or comparts. Um, however you want to say it. Um, it's fancy chocolate. If if you go by the bar at Whole Foods or wherever, that fancy store, it's that chocolate bar will cost you a good 15. Wow. I'm gonna have to look into this. I'm really curious now. Also, not probably not vegan chocolate, so you it's can't. It's definitely have it. not. It's definitely you know? not. But um, it's pro- it's probably sure to send you after after having a really bad bout of E. coli. <laughs> I want nothing oh crazy God. in my body. <laughs> you see, you, you hear the ambulance? That's for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. After you, after you down the box of Velveeta chocolates. <laughs> and strap myself into my bathroom. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're here for this whatsoever. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> Australian woman survives five days in the wilderness on wine and lollipops. Now, you're a pretty healthy person. Something tells me you, sir, are very healthy. I, do <laughs> I don't my know best. what I don't know what it is, but something tells me you are something. very active <laughs> and you like you you are somebody who could survive in the wilderness if necessary. Um, but this poor Australian woman was uh, the police department said for a forty eight year old Lillian Epp of 
Cheltenham, who spent five days stranded in the Australian wilderness while on her way to visit her mother in Bright. Apparently, she took a wrong turn and hit a dead end in the dense Mitta Mitta bushland, um, about 250 miles northeast of Melbourne. When attempting to turn her car around, her tires got bogged down in the muddy terrain. With no cell service in the area, Ip couldn't call for help, and due to health conditions, she was unable to walk to the nearest town approximately 40 miles away. So instead of wandering further into the bushland, she remained in her car hoping to be found. She thought she was going to die out there, she told the news. And she goes, what am I going to do? Um, She was only planning a short day trip, so she had only taken a couple snacks and lollies with her, but no water. The only liquids Lillian had were a juice box and a bottle of wine she was taking as a gift for her mother. Ip, who doesn't drink alcohol, rationed the wine as a source of hydration. Wow. Crazy. And I always thought wine was dehydrating. (laughs) Well, she once found she immediately got sent to the hospital for severe dehydration. Wow. That is amazing. I know I saw that headline the other day Um, and lollipops. I I mean, I guess the sugar, that's good. She had some sugar, but I can't imagine. I wonder how hot it was. Was it hot? Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't, we weren't Uh, there. So maybe it wasn't. Very you didn't catch it. <laughs> no, wait, what did I miss? It was like, it's fine. <laughs> what did I miss? I, I made I, I made a hot girl joke. We weren't there. Get it? I wasn't there. So it wasn't it wasn't hot, you know. Get no? Okay. I'm still not oh, there. Okay. <laughs> I'm still not getting it. I'm sorry. <laughs> like you weren't physically there. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> The more I explain the joke, the funnier it gets to me. And probably everybody is like, oh my God, cringing. The other thing I wanted to say about this is I wouldn't have survived. The the wine would have been gone, night one. Yeah, yeah. Right? The the lollies would have been gone, night one. And then I probably would have mixed the juice box and the wine. So I had sangria. Oh, yeah, that would have been kind of. And had a party, right? Right, 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 right. Yeah, she was smart to ration them, and especially know like not, not knowing when she was going to be found. You know, yeah, she was only found because uh, her family put out a missing persons report, and like uh-huh. a helicopter went out over, okay. and she like managed to get out of the car and was like waving, and then they found her. Yeah, thank heavens, you know. Right, we are we here on in your mouth, Matthew included, are happy that she is alive, well, safe, and healthy now, Very and happy. back with her family. I don't think I don't think we're here. And imagine not being a drinker. And that you have is to, the like, craziest thing that she didn't yeah. even drink, and she was forced to drink this bottle. I wonder if she'd have had wine before. This was her I don't first. No, I, I hope I hope it was by choice and not by, by you know alcohol affliction that yeah. she was not drinking. Yeah. And so, <laughs> yeah, because the trauma alone of being stuck in the bush for five days, much less having to like. Break your sobriety. Forget about that. Lord, could you imagine? (laughs) Now that's what I'm not here for. So I think we're here for this thing being saved, but we're not here for the rationing of the wine. Because I mean, once you open a bottle, is is it really is it really worth saving? No. Down the gullet it goes, at least in this, 
at least in this 120 square feet. And last but not least, Americans caught smuggling 450 pounds of fruit roll-ups into Israel. <laughs> I need to hear about this one. I told you, food news. These, you see, this is this is what the news should actually be reporting. Besides all the death and despair (laughs) (laughs) that we get on a daily basis here. Um, Apparently, uh, Israeli customs found hundreds of the contraband suites in suitcases. So I think we all can say, right, because you are TikTok famous, Matt, um, that we've all seen like the fruit roll-up ice cream hack that's been going around. Hey, honestly, I haven't seen it. Uh, <laughs> do you only do you only make the content you don't watch the content? I I mean no I do watch the content but I yeah I guess I just haven't seen this hack. What what do you do? With I the mean, roll up? you literally put ice cream in it and something happens to the fruit roll up that it gets crunchy. I Ooh. guess the freezing process and so it's like that sounds good. You know, I haven't had a fruit roll up in a while. I no, I used to like them. I. Yeah, are fruit roll ups vegan? Also, a great question. Like, Probably. I mean, you could make fruit leather vegan. I, like, yeah. that's not that hard. But fruit roll-ups themselves are they vegan or I is there like if, gelatin? In them? Yeah, I'm wondering if there's gelatin. I feel like it's probably not gelatin. I feel like it's maybe pectin or some other kind of thickener. I don't. I, I don't know. We'll find out. I don't know, nor do I care because I'm not eating fruit roll-up. <laughs> but um, uh, Israel's health ministry suggested that everyone should consider the ingredients and additives in fruit roll-ups before they give in to this TikTok temptation. Apparently, this this thing went so viral in Israel that like the health ministry had to put out, uh, maybe you shouldn't be eating so much sugar, right? <laughs> Literally. And so... All of a sudden, there's a shortage, obviously, and you couldn't find them anywhere, not in supermarkets, not in candy stores. So these Americans got this grand idea to smuggle in pounds and pounds and pounds. One couple was caught with 375 pounds of the candy, while the second couple was were discovered with 72 pounds in their own suitcases. That is so funny. So they literally just filled their their normal suitcases with fruit roll-ups yeah. and flew flew in. Yeah, the power of the internet. Wow. Yeah, that must have been. I mean, I'm always nervous walking into walking through customs. Like, even if I had, I'm not smuggling fruit roll-ups. I'm like, am I going to find the little <laughs> the bag of nuts that I brought? Like, I can't imagine walking in with a suitcase full of contraband candy. Right. I mean, <laughs> but what also? What how? Like, what goes through your mind, right? I want to know these people. Like, they woke up that day, whatever day it was, and they're like, you know what we're going to do? Honey, you know what we're going to do today? (laughs) We are going to go book a plane ticket to Israel, to Tel Aviv, and pack our suitcases with as many fruit roll-ups as we can possibly fit in there. That's a great idea. Yeah, I wonder if they were going just for that purpose or if they were just going anyway and they decided to just bring the fruit roll-ups with them because i yeah i wonder how much you could sell a fruit roll-up for like is that even going to cover your plane ticket i mean 650 pounds worth of fruit roll-ups is uh when there's when there's a shortage probably is fair something i mean you go to one of those big box stores you can get you know a million of them for like five dollars i'm sure yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) 
the things they don't teach me in business school. I mean, uh, you are a businessman, right? Amongst amongst a million other things. So, <laughs> yeah, you should. I I need you to go away and you know crunch some numbers for us and see if we can actually right. figure out how to make. <laughs> we'll see if we can turn this into a business. Exactly. Yeah. You know, just <laughs> ship. Just we'll just ship them, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we need to go ourselves. Yeah, we're. You know what? We're not here for breaking the law, but we are here for making a quick dollar. And with that, I think that's the best way to end food news update. <laughs> Tattoo that on your chest, Matt. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> No, no tattoos in this region, for sure. Uh, then in what region are they? <laughs> no, I don't have any currently. But there, if I did get a tattoo, it would definitely be not there. Okay. Two questions, because we have so much to yeah. unpack and not a lot of time. What yes. made you go vegan? Yeah. Um, as you mentioned in the intro, I've been interested in environmental science and climate change for a while. And food, the emissions from animal-based foods are obviously significant. And um, so I thought to myself, like, as I was going to start this blog, that it would be cool to make it a plant-based baking blog um, from, from an environmental perspective. And I started developing vegan recipes. And then I kind of felt a little weird posting vegan recipes and not actually trying to be fully vegan myself. And that's when I decided to completely go vegan. And it's still relatively new, but, um, yeah, I think about it more of as like a diet, um, and not as like a black and white thing. So, you know, if I'm out to dinner at a great restaurant, sometimes I'll have meat. Uh, like if I go over to a friend's house for dinner and they're cooking like a wonderful roast chicken, like I'm going to eat the wonderful roast chicken that you've prepared for me. Like I try not to make too much of a fuss about it. Um, but whenever I have like control over what I eat, like whenever I'm cooking for myself or I'm, you know, out to dinner. So 90% of the time it'll be plant-based. And to be honest, like I thought it would be a lot more challenging than it, it has been. Like I thought I would be craving meat and cheese and like eggs all the time. But um, I've kind of, I'm kind of, I do still think about pizza sometimes. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't? Pizza, right? Like pepperoni pizza is amazing. Uh, but you know, for the most part, I'm, it's it's been really um, like surprisingly not not as difficult as I thought it would be. I do have the benefit of living in the Bay Area. There, we have a lot of vegan options here, um, which is oh. great. Some good vegan yes. restaurants. Yes, yes, and lots of good vegan stuff at yes. the store. Um, I know a lot of people in the Bay Area. A lot of people who work for San Francisco Opera. I can hook you up with some tickets. You know, oh, I would love that. Yes, <laughs> they're please. also doing ten dollar tickets, y'all. If you live in San Ooh. Francisco, um, they're doing uh, ten dollar tickets for the locals. So uh, figure it out. Go to SF Opera on the Instagram. Shout out to SFO randomly. Um, my best friend works there, and his man oh, cool. sings there. I know a lot of people. I know people, right? I'm. I. I learned yeah, that I. Well, was, you are a celebrity. I learned that I was a celebrity. <laughs> so it makes sense. No, I haven't been to the opera. Um, I've been to the symphony, but not the opera. Yeah, I'll well, add that to my list. they're doing. They're doing amazing. They're doing amazing work. Work much like you. What make? What made you take your shirt off, Matthew? You know, I knew this question was coming. We had to get. I had to get there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, no one's mad except for maybe your mom, but, <laughs> um, yeah, 
I don't have a great answer. Like, I basically had these two. I mean, it works. I had these two kind of social media like accounts. One was my baking account, and one was my just kind of personal account that I'd had forever. All Twitter. Definitely no Twitter, OnlyFans. Um, <laughs> but like, it was just my normal Instagram account, and it you know had pictures of me on the beach and whatever without my shirt on, and I. I was just kind of think. I was noticing Pic- all the engagement. Pictures of you eating pizza being like thick Thursdays. You Are you one of those? Um, <laughs> yeah, I actually do have pictures of me eating pizza <laughs> before I went vegan. Yeah. Um, but uh, honestly, I was kind of just thinking. I was like, wow, these pictures on the beach are getting engagement. Maybe I should just combine these two things and see what happens. Like, that was pretty much it. I didn't really think to... to far ahead um and then at the same time i was like oh we'll do tiktok as well and uh and that was kind of it that was kind of it um it was funny in in uh business school they do this like production they do like a show that's kind of like poking fun at the school and um they were like making fun of my shirtless baking and my mom happened to be in the audience um so it's funny that you bring her up because, yeah, she had a good laugh at that. But, uh, you know. <laughs> Hysterical. Yeah. I, I, I would, if I were you, if I had all the body, I would be like, uh, it would be very full of puns, you know, like my buns are down here, you know? I know, I know. Or I'm not so punny. Right? Listen, I, I could write all your copy for you. I would love that. Great, great, right? I could use another paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> Always hustling. What is next for you? And I mean, yeah, what's next? Yeah, um, so kind of as you mentioned at the intro, I, I'm after I graduate from school, uh, I want to open a bakery at some point. Um, I don't know if it'll be like right after I graduate or I'm, it's kind of my like five-year goal. And um, I think that uh like immediately after school I'll work in I'll work in kitchens like in restaurants or in bakeries for for a while and like get some more reps in the kitchen my like kind of the mentor that I am like trying to emulate in my life is this woman named Joanne Chang who started a bakery called Flower in Boston which is like amazing and um yeah, she worked as like a pastry chef. She was also like a management consultant, kind of like I was, and then decided to pursue pastry career and was a chef for a while and then opened this bakery. And um, it's like an amazing bakery and I love it. And that's kind of like what I would love my life to be like, essentially. So um, did you did you vegan bake at Le Cordon Bleu in no. school? Le Cordon Bleu is butter and eggs and butter cream yeah. all the way. So I, I mean, kind French, of very yeah. French. And I sort of had to like unlearn a lot of that, actually. Um, and it's kind of like build back the repertoire um, because, yeah. yeah, especially like eggs are hard to replace. Butter is relatively yeah. easy, but like even butter, like vegan butters are so different product to product. So even just like figuring out which vegan butters work for certain applications and um, yeah. yeah. Not a sponsor, but Miyoko's. I am not vegan, uh-huh. but Miyoko's is so delicious. I will eat yes. 90% of their yes. things. They are so delicious. I agree. Miyoko's is fantastic. It tastes really like natural, right? Like it doesn't have that weird artificial yeah. taste. The only thing I don't like Miyoko's for is frosting because I think it's made from like coconut oil and it melts really quickly. Like once it gets a teeny bit warm, it just... 
so for that for frosting, I use other kinds of butters, but in like bread mm-hmm. dough, in um, like cookie dough, cake batter, like Miyoko's is fantastic. Yeah. Love that. Love that. There's so many wonderful people out there doing uh, vegan vegan cooking. Uh, what's his name? It's escaping me now. He, his cookbook just came out. Anything you can cook, I can cook vegan. He's family. Um, shout out also to Dustin Harder. Um, I have all of his books here. Oh, nice. Epic Vegan, Simply Vegan. Um, they're doing, he's, he's like vegan master. He's the vegan roadie. Um, I've tried a bunch of that. Yeah, there's um, so many wonderful people just doing Absolutely. really wonderful things in in the vegan space and making it so much more accessible. I I've fallen down into your chocolate cake hole, um, which I feel like I really want to try because it looks really, really, really good. The chocolate cake, yeah, that's one of my favorites. Um, I worked on that recipe for a while yeah. and... I really like it. So, yeah, I hope you make it. Let me know. I hope you make it and love it. Yeah. I mean, if I do, it's definitely getting filmed because, you know, the baking is few and far between these days. Um, Because how much of your baked goods are you eating? Uh, (laughs) So I do. Sir. I make a lot, right? So I can't eat it all. I, like, will obviously try a piece as I'm testing the recipe to see what it tastes like. And then... Maybe I'll have another piece that later that day or the next day. And then I'll like try to like farm out the rest to my friends. So um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I let myself have... Because I'm like, how are we maintaining all of this body with all of those baked goods? I let myself have, I would say, like one treat a day. Um, and it's usually something I've made. All right. I, it's it's pure jealousy. It's all <laughs> it is. And, uh, and undedication to going to the gym as hard as anybody else does you know (laughs) the gym is like my uh escape like i try to go like in the evening after a long day and it's like a nice way to just like decompress so like physical health mental health like it's just yeah i like it all around yes and it is mental health awareness month is it not or did it just end we were just there yeah so uh we uh we love that and i mean i'm down 20 pounds right oh wow and yeah Bye-bye, pandemic weight. That's Thank you, Weight Watchers. Here you go. Um, so, yeah, I've been doing two-a-days. But it's a lot of, like, it's a lot of light things, you know? I do, I, I do it because I have to, not necessarily because I enjoy it. But I do see the mental health benefit of it all yeah. and, like, the meditative quality that it has yeah. and, the, and the endorphins that it produces that I feel better, you know? That's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like it doesn't necessarily have the same effect for everyone in terms of like, uh, like I think for some people it may be like stress is more of a stressor than a decompressor. But yeah, if that's how it makes you feel, then that's that's great. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> if 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 I'm sorry you feel that way. You know? <laughs> that's what I felt like that was. Yeah. Well, if. If if you feel good, great, good for you. <laughs> no, I mean I don't know. I guess yeah. Uh, like, I I don't want to. I guess make it seem like everyone has to like exercise all the time. But oh no, not at yeah. all. Please, we we preach love yourself, yeah. love your body, no matter what your body is. I'm just you're. 
I mean, again, you could, I couldn't have you on the pod without talking about the body. I'm sorry, it's out there, you know? Yeah. Well, I'm not, I'm not sorry it's out there. You may be. But... It is, it is out there. But I doubt that it's very it out, is there, out there, right? And not, I don't know a person that's angry about it, okay? Well, you're very kind. <laughs> Um, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Uh, let's leave the audience with a little bit of a tip before we close out. Um, if someone wanted to explore vegan baking, what is that like one tip to like get them started? Um, one tip to get them started with vegan baking. Um, or your one piece of advice or whatever it is, you know? You know, I think chocolate is a great way a great gateway into vegan baking because like most dark chocolate is vegan. It's really tasty. So there are so many vegan chocolate recipes that are genuinely delicious. And um, like the chocolate cake recipe on my blog, (laughs) shameless plug, but also like, you know, chocolate tofu mousse and all of these really cool chocolate based recipes. So I would say if you're looking for like your first vegan baking recipe, over something with chocolate in it. Yeah, I love that. I'm I'm really excited. The minute I have two more seconds in my life, I'm I'm heading towards that vegan chocolate cake because it looks so good. I even just watched your video before we uh, again for the millionth time. <laughs> um, well, you have to watch it once, and then you actually have to watch it to listen to get the recipe. Um, so... <laughs> yeah, that's what that's the no, feedback no I've one... been receiving. It's great. It's great. it's great for your analytics. Hello, you're a businessman. <laughs> they taught you this in business school. Um, that's wonderful, though. I think that's a great uh, piece of advice. I mean, I have so many friends that can't eat dairy and can't, you know, don't do this. So it's just like, why not? You know, yeah. why not? And if you make it look easy, like you do, um, why not kind of dip your toe into the pond? Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And I would honestly say... It, the ingredients... The uh, the ingredients after watching your video a few times aren't, I mean the substitutions I should say, are aren't many. There's like two. Yeah, it's like three. flax instead of egg, um, oat milk instead the of tofu. Milk. Yeah, the tofu is in the vanilla cake. The chocolate cake is just flax oh. and then oat milk. The the skull the scalded oat milk. the scalded yeah that's the you're thinking of the vanilla cake for the scalding. I I watched I. See, I listen. You do. You do. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> to one of those videos. <laughs> um, but no, the chocolate cake is even easier. Like, it's just uh, uh, yeah. flax, uh, flax, seed, and oat milk. Oh, see? Yeah. So why not? Why not? Why oat milk as opposed to almond? That's or a good like- question. Oat milk has a lower environmental footprint than almond milk so i generally use it instead of almond milk unless there's like a very specific reason that the almond flavor might work better like it's an almond cake or yes like the lemon curd i liked the almond but generally i use oat milk um sometimes sometimes almond but it's generally yeah oat. i'm having a hard time saying goodbye because that you keep bringing things up i've so I stopped unless I'm out because a lot of coffee shops don't have um, other other milk. I don't really love oat milk, right? And mm. so I've stopped drinking almond milk. And uh, there was a bunch of articles that came out that were that were like oat milk has the lowest carbon footprint, followed by hazelnut mm. milk. And so I don't know why that is. Um, 
because I was like, don't they kind of grow the same? Isn't it like hard on the bees? Yeah. But sure. So I've started drinking a lot of hazelnut milk. Oh, cool. Um, which is delish. And so that's what prompted that question. Yeah. Let the kids know all of the handles. We know at Baking Days on Instagram, what's the TikTok? Yes. What's the website? What's the alt Twitter? <laughs> what, what? Give you it all to alt us. Twitter. It's on Instagram and TikTok. It's the same. It's at baking underscore D-A-Z-E. And uh, the website is thebakingdays.com. Easy enough, easy. easy enough to find. And it will be linked out in the liner notes. In your mouth, listeners, well, first and foremost, thank you again for giving me so much of your time today. It was such a pleasure. And I am so happy to call you part of my, or to have you as part of my big gay food family. You know, you are part of the In Your Mouth Village. Thank you, Michael. So thank you. This has been really, really fun. Yeah, it's uh, such a pleasure. And like I said, this is this was the time we were supposed to meet. So thank you, thank you, thank you for coming on and laughing with me and, you know, letting me talk about your chest. So. <laughs> Any, anytime. <laughs> In your mouth, listeners, go show Matt all the love. Go show Matt all the love. I'm sure a lot of you are already following because, you know, Got all the followers. He's the real celebrity on the podcast yeah, <laughs> today. And other than that, um, have a great week. Get out there. Get some sunshine. Go for a walk, a light jog, you know, or just go sit under a tree and, you know, um, look at look at vegan chocolate baking recipes is what I got to say to you. Absolutely. Right? And that's about it. Other than that, as always, thank you for listening to In Your Mouth!